Hey, fuckers. I hope you're all staying safe and healthy out there during these quarantine times. I know it's still a little strange, but for me, I've just been trying to stay busy, playing a lot of Animal Crossing, listening to quarantine radio, listening to Three Dog Radio to help me pass the time. So I hope all of you are okay mentally and we'll get through this. This week on the podcast, we traveled to Long Island. We talked to Kyle from The Fight. Shout out Long Island Hardcore. So many awesome bands. And I'm happy to have been able to talk to Kyle. Love the new record that's out on Triple B Records. Go pick up a copy if you haven't. Or go stream it on Spotify, Apple Music, Bandcamp. Just support that band any way you can. It was really awesome to be able to sit here and pick his brain been a fan of that band since like 2018 shout out keith freeman for putting me on to them and i hope you guys enjoy this conversation so please without further ado welcome kyle to the podcast And we're live. Welcome to the podcast, Kyle. Hey, thank you for having me, dude. This is awesome. You you sing for a band called the, the Fight. Yes, I do. Which which is awesome. I I've been a fan. I uh, I always give uh, credit to Keith Freeman. He put me on to you guys, and uh, and this was like seriously like years ago. I want to say um, it had to been like at least like 2018 because by then um, uh, you guys already had out uh, Nuke Long Island. And like that, that's where like I first um, got onto you guys. Can you talk about how the band came together? Sure. So the band was pretty much, um, I want to say that I started out with Quinn and Dylan, both of our guitarists, uh, who I was in another band with that uh, ended up breaking up and uh, they ended up jamming together and started doing what would eventually be the first few fight songs. Uh, our bassist Scanlon joined soon after. And then we were able and fortunate to get uh, Little D from Sanction to drum for us, too. Um, it was one of those things where I always wanted to sing for a band. In another band that I was in, I was doing backup vocals, and it was something that I really enjoyed. So I figured, I, especially with the sound that they were trying to go for, which was much more something that was in my lane. Okay, and that other band... kind of out them, and just the rest is, is... That's that. The other band you're speaking of, is that Jukai? Yeah, yeah. So I was doing some backup vocals just on some on some recordings and then live, and I, I guess I had a distinct voice. I, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty bad self critic, but um, it was something that I just wanted to do. And definitely, with the fight, uh, you know, I enjoyed the music and yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I I also enjoyed uh, Jukai. So shout out to that band. Thank you. Um, but so I, I just want to talk about some of the tracks on uh, New Kong Island. Uh, the first song that I kind of want to talk about is um, False uh, Cognition. Can you talk sure. about the meaning behind that one? Yeah, so False Cognition. Um, it was definitely something I was trying to go for a very dystopian vibe. I mean, you know, whether we plan for it or to realize it or not, you know, we're connected to screens. 
and it feels like technology is slowly creeping up on us to, you know, work at its own behest. So something that I was really feeling like when writing the lyrics for that song, that's kind of the vibe I was feeling. I mean, every interaction, you know, communication, you know, financial transactions, even things like, you know, killing and war has become remote. So that's kind of the vibe I was going for when I was writing those lyrics of that song. Yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed the um, references uh, to 1984. And it, it definitely is a trip when you think about it these days, how tied we are to our like screens, because literally everybody has a cell phone. I, I don't know anybody that doesn't carry one with them. And it's I, I hate when I'm like out hanging out with people and they just sit on their phone. I, it like pisses me. I'm like, why are we even here? Like we all could have just stayed home and, you know, talk through the internet. If we were just going to just be here and sit on our phones, that's kind of boring, you know? Yeah. And I think especially with cell phones, it alters uh, conversations and the way that we communicate. I mean, there's a colloquial term that I use called text balls. The fact that we have distance between each other allows us to say things that we normally wouldn't say face to face, both positive and negative repercussions coming from that but yeah no i see what you're saying i hate when that happens yeah i no, i i definitely get that i've I definitely sent some uh risky text messages um which is sometimes fun but you kind of brought up uh, uh you know transactions and it is crazy how um things like cash app and venmo are here and like our money is just like free-flowing like you can send somebody money so easy, um, whether it be through those two apps or Venmo uh, or Apple Pay and stuff like that. And I, I never expected something like that to be here. You know, people just like, you know, it's so comfortably just tying their banks to these like crazy apps. But it's nice. I enjoy it because it's, it's just like so convenient because I, I swear I, I like use Apple Pay like 80 percent of the time. Like whenever it's available, like I much rather use that. Cause, like I think like my phone's already out in my hand anyways if I'm like traveling. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, the question then becomes, what's the price of convenience, though? Listen, I'm no better than anyone. I, I, I use PayPal all the time, you know, I Venmo, things like that. So, Have you ever uh, looked into a cryptocurrency? Yeah, I've looked into cryptocurrency. It's just something that uh, I'm not well-versed enough to try to invest in. Mm -hmm. I know other people who, who do invest in that and... Uh, yeah, it's just something I I, didn't, I never put the effort. So, are you um, interested in like uh, going that direction with technology, or do you think that's something that like, we should kind of be wary of? I I'm led to believe that we should be wary of pretty much everything. Um, you know, the best bet would you just come at everything in life with a healthy suspicion. Okay, that that's Take really fair. Back. Yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely uh, you know can respect that. I seriously like I think I would be down to uh, get a, like a chip implanted in me because I feel like the I, I always joke with my buddies that I have like uh, a CIA agent, you know, tapped into my phone and because, you know, like with like the weird like advertising, like you'll talk about something and then like a couple hours later, you'll be scrolling through whatever social media app. And there's like an advertisement for what you were talking about, like in a previous conversation when you like didn't even search that on your phone. Yeah, yeah. I, I've had that happen. Yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody has, and it's, it's only a strange thing, but um, it, it is pretty creepy sometimes. Because like sometimes I'll, I'll forget. I'm like, 
like wait why is it like i was just talking about something like oh yeah it's like you know the apps are always listening and you know looking for that data to try to you know market stuff to you yeah absolutely uh data mining and things like that yeah it's, it's, it's pretty interesting that i i don't think anybody realized like how important like our data was going to be to these like huge corporations like that's the stuff that's like most important like you know like you know behind the scenes like you know all these like corporations like buying and selling our data without us even knowing it it's pretty insane yeah and the fact that we abide by it whether willfully or or not willfully just it's 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 fucked if i could say so yeah definitely like and i can't remember i don't think i've ever read those like you know user term agreements i'm sure i've you know given giving up so many things and just just trying to get to the like you know just using the app already i'm just like scrolling down like how the hell can i get through this like you know intro already like i, I don't have time to read all this crap yeah but, yeah but sometimes we, we probably should look into that and read the fine print but um i, I was also curious about the uh, name of the record um why did you or why did you guys choose the name uh, nuke long island so have you ever been to long island before no, you know, I've, I've only been to uh, New York once in my life and I was in like the city and then, um, wait, no, actually, I, I totally lied. I, I went to Amityville. That's on Long Island, right? Amityville, yeah, that's on Long Island. Yes. Um, yeah, because I, I had some friends who wanted to go to the, the house. So uh, Okay, all right. Yeah, it, so it was very brief. We were there for, I think, maybe like two hours at most. So to give you an idea, the house is about a five-minute drive from two of the main venues on Long Island, which are Club Revolution. And then Amityville Music Hall, which I'm sure you've heard of. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really with all within that area. The reason we picked Nuke Long Island is, you know, it's one of those places that has its bright spots. And I do love it. But at the same time, I recognize its faults. It's parking lots and empty fields and strip malls. And it's just boring. And some of the people there, you know, have really closed and closeted views and it's it's if it wasn't for hardcore it definitely wouldn't be some somewhere that i'm attracted to if i'm gonna be honest i i spent like three days in new york and my favorite time was when we were on long island just because the city was just so crazy and i got over it like really fast because i just didn't like being around like so many people i was like this is like crazy it's so like busy there's too many people i felt like our uber driver was going to kill us anytime we got in the car so it was like a nice change of pace like once we like rented a car and we went on long island and it was just like way more calm out there yeah i mean there's definitely a subsection of people from long island who then move to the city thinking that's where they're going to thrive the best and then there are people you know Long Island is very unique in the sense that every other city that I've been to or come across, there's a certain amount of a transient population, you know, people moving from other places to someplace, you know, people moving to Los Angeles, people moving to Richmond, people moving to Florida. That just doesn't exist on Long Island whatsoever. So that's, I, I, it's really unique in that sense. Um, You'll have people move to Brooklyn. You'll have people move to Queens. You'll have people move to Manhattan. Nobody moves to Long Island. It's it's so expensive. Like more than the city? Uh, yeah, in a different way. Absolutely. So the city, I mean, it's expected that you're going to be paying uh, a certain amount, but that you'll be receiving amenities that are in line with that amount. So the cool things that you were able to access in the city, 
that's the, you know, the city that never sleeps, you know, and you'd be able to do whatever you want, whenever you want, whether that be Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Bronx, Staten Island. It's not like that on Long Island. It's just like suburbs that are almost as expensive, if not more expensive than the city without all of the amenities that you're used to getting in New York City. Okay. And like right now, when I think of New York hardcore, I feel like Long Island comes to mind first just because there's just so many good bands coming out of there right now. Can you talk about uh, why it's such a hotbed for hardcore? Uh, I, I just think that it's just always been, you know, a very thriving community. And it's something that has always, you know, we're very fortunate that it really hasn't ebbed and flowed. There have been times, at least in my going to shows, that have been better than others. But there's definitely a consistency across the board of, of bands. And, you know, I think what's more, most important is that, you know, we're very fortunate that everybody's friends with everybody. And we don't have too many venues, so we try to do our best that we can to just make sure that everybody's having a good time, but also making sure that, you know, that we are able to keep the venues that we have. I think everybody gets it, if you know what I mean. Everybody just gets it. You know, recently, um, Backtrack broke up, Long Island mm-hmm. band. Normally when a, a scene loses a big band like that, I, I'm always just kind of like worried how the scene's going to be able to maintain and continue on without such a uh, presence or big presence from a band like that that's like done so much and it's been around for a long time. But since they you know hung it up and I, I look at the landscape of all the bands from out there and I feel like you guys are perfectly fine. You guys have like so many good bands out there right now that are still doing stuff and are active was that um, like losing backtrack was that a big deal for you guys out there so i mean absolutely backtrack was definitely one of the first five or six long island hardcore bands that i really really kind of jumped into and was a very big fan of but and it was definitely sad to see them go i mean we were very fortunate to play one of their last shows but for everyone backtrack you have Incendiary, who was, you know, contemporaries with Backtrack and just around as long and are, are still going strong. You have bands like King Nine, who, you know, are, are going strong in their own way and really becoming, you know, you know, like a really strong act. And then you have like Sanction. So it's like what I think is the most important part is that all of these bands are supporting each other. And that's why it's, you know, Backtrack sounds like one thing. And sanction sounds like a polar opposite thing, but everybody's building each other up and everybody's supporting that. And then like you have bands like, like rule them all who I think is going to be, you know, the next sanctioned level band. I mean, they're really, they're where it's at, honestly. So I think it's just the fact that we're able to have so many different sounds, but we're all still able to come together and say, okay, we're going to have a show with this, 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 and this. And it sounds totally different. And it's, you know, we're just it's just coexisting and i i think that's really important uh and it's some, and it sounds cheesy every time like i i bring it up but like having uh your scene be united and showing um you know support for each other because that really does go a long way and what you're speaking on and just like just as big as those bands are that, that you name from your area and the fact that you guys all help each other out and support each other 
it, it's like a testament to like how strong your scene is and i i'm like you know i'm like on the outside looking in i'm, I'm from like a kid from california uh who listens to a bunch of bands from long island and i'm just like i i look at you guys and see um you guys united and it being like thriving out there and it's just like so awesome to see so like i i really love what you guys are doing out there well thank you for saying that yeah and you mentioned rule them all i had uh john on the podcast like a couple months ago and i literally oh, I, you know what I, I i listened to a little bit of that episode it was a good episode oh thank you i i, I appreciate yeah. that um and i told him i was like dude i was like, rule them all i was like you guys have something special i i hope you guys you know continue to do what you do and i i seriously hope the best for them um does, does he drum for you guys so or... that's that's kind of the running thing we've had so many people drum for us okay um let's see we've had d but obviously sanctions on a pretty full touring schedule at times so yeah they just we had that full able... us yeah i'm sorry oh i, I said um sanction just had that full us so yeah exactly mm-hmm. so we've been fortunate to kind of count on a lot of different friends from a lot of great bands to help fill in for us. John is definitely, you know, one of my favorites when he plays with us. It, it, it's, it's fucking sick because he's an amazing drummer. Who else have we had? We've had Will from Restraining Order play drums for us. We've had Andrew, the singer of Combust, play drums for us. We've had, who else did we have? Uh, we had our friend Justin, who was in a, one of Dylan's old bands, Provider, play drums for us. It's It's really kind of, you know, a next man up mentality, which is something that I personally never experienced before this. So it's unique to say the least, but we're very fortunate. We're very lucky. For sure. Yeah. It's, it's nice to have like a, a, a roster of people so willing to uh, play for you guys. Cause you guys are never like, you know, having to like struggle to like, Oh shit. Like we can't play cause we don't have a drummer situation. Yeah. And it's especially tough when your drummer tours, you know, seven, eight, nine months out of the year, like D does. But we try to make do as best we can. For sure. Yeah, I, I remember I saw you guys at FYA and I saw John there and I was surprised because I didn't know he was going to be there. And then um, he, he mentioned that he was uh, filling in for you guys at that fest. Yeah, yeah. So he was he was uh, playing drums for us. And um, yeah, it was just one of those things where we're very fortunate to have him help us out. Okay. And going back to FYA, can you talk about uh, what your experience was like that weekend? Sure. I mean, I can only speak for myself personally. Between Jukai and the fight, I think I've been to now four or five different FYAs. And what's really important to note is that what Bob does is he takes chances on a lot of bands that maybe he would not, other that other people and other bookers might not take a chance on. And for that, we're forever appreciative. I mean... Just without getting too into it, you know, Jukai's like big, you know, watershed moment was when we were invited to the first FYA that we played. That really opened up a lot of doors for us. So for that, I'll be forever grateful. But then to also, you know, allow the fight to play is is just amazing. FYA is a very unique festival and I'm I'm very proud to have been a part of it, albeit in a very limited process. Yeah, I, I always have positive things to say about um, FYA. I've, I've only been once, and that was uh, the one that happened this year. And I've, I've been following it for a while, you know, just seeing the videos online and paying attention to the flyers. And I, I always looked at that fest as being pretty important because it's the first one of the year. And I, I've said that I feel like that fest 
sets the tone for the rest of the fest throughout the year. And I, I, I do like what um, they do with the, the different mix of bands that they do book for the fest. And they do shine like a light on a lot of the current stuff that's going on in hardcore. And I think they do like a really good job of that. And it's something that I think is really cool because I, I get it. Fests are a big deal. Um, people fly out and they, they want to see the you know best bands that they can. And people try to put on the best lineups that they can. But it's cool to see Bob and them take a chance on younger bands to put them onto that fest and then see them grow just you know with the exposure and people you know discovering them from going to the fest it's like a really cool thing and i I wish more people would take those kinds of chances and i think too on top of just giving new bands a shot Mm -hmm. what bob does that really makes up why he's special is he takes established bands that people know and really you know gives them the space and the opportunity to maybe break out of their comfort zone a little bit so i think the best example was this past year you know being from New York, I'm very fortunate to have seen Killing Time twice, three times before that. But at FYA, it was the best, probably one of the best sets of the day and definitely the best time that I saw Killing Time. And that band's been around forever, since before I was born. So it was one of those things where the combination of these new bands that deserve you know, all of the shine in the world plus you know, getting someone like Killing Time and they're just fucking killing, that's what makes it really special. Yeah, I, I, I definitely love FYA, and I hope I can make it back to the one that happens next year. Yeah, yeah, same. So uh, just kind of going in like chronological order of your guys' releases. So you guys did a promo, uh, which was awesome, because that was the the lead-up to the next record, The the Master's Calling. Yeah. And, and one thing that I noticed is... Uh, you have a song on the record called uh, Nuke Long Island. Mm-hmm. And in the, and I'm, I'm kind of skipping ahead, but um, we're going to be all over the place. Oh, okay. um, but I, I noticed um, in, in the lyrics of Nuke Long Island, you have, uh, you know, it's the uh, lyrics um, every day is the fucking same endless noise, endless pain. Um, I, I, I thought it was interesting because um, here we are today, and your latest record is called Endless Noise. Um, and I, I just like that, uh, you know, obviously Master's Calling is connected to the first release just by that song title. And then the new record is connected through the lyrics from Nuke Long Island. Was this all planned or is this just something that kind of like happened? Eh, a little bit of both. I mean, it was definitely one of the things where it was when we were thinking of a, of a name for the record. We thought, you know, this is this is pretty cool and it ties it all together. So, you know, luck, happenstance. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it all just kind of came together, and um, you guys uh, recorded with um, uh, Evan Perino. Is that uh, like a friend of yours, or what's the relationship there? Sure. So I mean, we did the first. We did um, so yeah. We did Masters is Calling and the demo with Evan. Um, Evan played in Separated. Um, he's a he's a really good engineer, and he's also uh, Little D's brother. So we were very fortunate to just be able to work with him for those records. He really kind of, you know, put it all together for us. Okay. Hell yeah. That's sick. And then the art was done by uh, Kyle uh, Neeland. Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, Yeah, you could call him Neeland. Uh, it's Nyland, but... Nyland, okay. Fuck it. Whatever. Sorry, call Kyle. Whatever you want. Um, he, and he, he, he sings for um, Out for Justice. 
uh, one of the many what, illustrious what? singers. One of the singers, okay, yeah. So you, so with that, you have Jay, who's the main singer. Then you have Lumpy, who does backups, and then Kyle's the third best singer. Third, third Maybe best. Maybe the fourth after the crowd. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, I'm. I I need to uh, eventually get him on the podcast because I've had Jay and, and Lumpy. Shout out to them, really uh, great guys. So yeah, uh, I'll eventually get him. But um, Master's Calling, I like seriously. I, I I like that record as well. I like all your records. That's why I wanted to have you on the thank podcast. You, thank you. Um, one of my favorite songs is uh, "So What's the Verdict." I just like that. Just that riff is just so sick. Can you talk about that song? So, I mean, that riff, um, just to give you a little bit of like, even before that, the dynamic of the band is that Dylan, our, our, our lead guitarist is extremely, extremely accomplished at guitar. He's very good. Okay. And D I don't have to tell you with sanction with the fight. He's a crazy drummer with Quinn Scanlon and I, it was definitely our first forays into each of our respective instruments. Me, definitely my first foray into singing full-time. Uh, Quinn, his first foray into you know, playing guitar, I think, at all. And then Scanlon with bass, same thing. And what really kind of makes it a cohesive unit is that you know, we're growing with each release and, and over time. Um, I forget who wrote that riff, but that riff is, is, is a fucking banger. I really like that riff. And then the lyrics is just, you know, people are too willing to put someone's head on the chopping block too quickly these days without all of the, you know, you know, truth. So that's kind of where that song came from. Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of like mob mentality or like this like cancel culture it's it's you know i'll let the lyrics speak for themselves on that but yeah you know when you're stepping on someone's corpse to lift yourself up it's never a good thing yeah i i definitely agree definitely not a good look um i listen to your uh, vocals and, and it's, it's always funny because I, I it's a, such a weird question but uh it's your first time uh you know being like a, a front man uh how do you decide on your style or is it just something that just is easy for you just came natural it was something that, you know, I would say came as naturally as it could have. You know, I, I do like vocal exercises. I try warming up as best I can, you know, to varying results. Um, and I definitely, you know, it's not dissimilar from the vocals that I was doing in Jukai. And, um, you know, I just wanted to give it a shot. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. And shout out... Uh that record the um vinyl sold out that, that's pretty awesome right is, is yeah thank good, you thank you is that a good feeling is there um any talks of uh like a second pressing of uh master's calling yeah uh not too sure about that one there's probably gonna be uh you know whatever's out there out there we'll see maybe something in the future maybe all right yeah I, i'm i'm not sure how that all really works because i'm not uh like a collector of vinyl. So I'm always just like curious. Yeah. You and me both, you know, I, I, I do have some records, but I just kind of come from a different approach. You know, I like to listen to the record. So, you know, having two or three or four of the same record, it's not something that's super important to me. Yeah. I, I always trip out when I see people have like a collection of like every release that a band's done. It's cool to see. I, I love the dedication, but I was like, damn, 
It's like oh yeah, no, it's impressive, and um, you know, it's cool, but it's just something that I I just don't have the time, effort, or money to do. Yeah, I, I remember my uh, buddy like really wanted. I think it was. I can't remember what it was, but it was like some uh, record, but it was like a special release where they like shot, they actually shot it up with like a real gun and there was like bullet holes like through the, the like artwork. And, and I was like, this is so weird. I'm like, why do you want this? And it was just like, I was like, I'll get it for you. But like to me, cause obviously like I didn't care. I was like, this is just so strange, but I was like, I'll, I'll buy it. For Sick you. marketing though. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was like, obviously people want limited stuff, but I was just like, okay, this is just like, interesting concept that they're going out to the gun range to shoot up this record to just resell. Yeah. Okay. So right now we're in like weird times, obviously everybody's talking about it. Can you talk about um, how you're holding up out there? Like how's uh, long Island doing right now? Sure. Sure. So, I mean, uh, just to give you a little bit of an update without putting too much information out there, I don't live on Long Island anymore. I live in Queens, which is right on the border of Long Island. It's it's one of the five boroughs. Okay. Um, right now, I, I, I think I was telling you or, or someone else, right now, you know, America is the top leading coronavirus, you know, nation in the world. And New York is the top leading state. And Queens is the top leading area of the top leading state. And I actually just looked up um, the uh, the mayor released it, you know, zip code by zip code. And one of my, uh, you know, my zip code, I think had 50 to 70% outbreak. So it, it's, it's, it's fucking weird, to be honest. You know, I'm trying to do what I can do to stay sane. You know, I have my work that I'm doing, trying to stay fit at home poorly. Um, watching a lot of wrestling, listening to a lot of music, drinking a lot of coffee, you know, just trying to do what I can do to, you know, stay sane. And, um, you know, that's it. We'll see how long it lasts. The, you know, the longer that we adhere to social distancing and, and quarantining and shit like that, the quicker we can get this over with. But I don't think that's coming so soon. I didn't. Yeah, I, I saw the numbers. I think I was like looking at the numbers last night before I went to bed which is like probably the worst thing I could have done to like scare myself before I go to bed. But yeah, I, I didn't realize that you you're there in Queens with like such a high number. So is it like a ghost town? Like, cause I know we, we talked the other day and uh, you mentioned you had to go out, you know, for like essentials, you know, groceries and stuff. Yeah. Uh, is it like a ghost town out there? Because where I'm at. Oh, oh. sorry. It's all good. My bad. It's all good um, um, because uh, where I'm at, I, I feel like I'm seeing more people uh, being like active outdoors, which is strange because we're supposed to be quarantined and not going out and being around people. But uh, I, I literally driving through the neighborhood and I'm seeing people hanging out in their driveways, people mowing their lawns like and this is like not normal. Like normally you don't see anybody, but just like driving through and just everybody's outside, just like hanging out. And it's like, this is really strange. I'm like, I feel like it's like, like they're doing the opposite of what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. I think it's definitely an issue where some people are taking it more seriously than not. And I try to get out as much as I can, uh, you know, just kind of get some fresh air no matter what it is. And, um, you know, especially where I am, it's usually very busy and there, you know, 
a lot of people walking, but yeah, I think ghost town would be the appropriate term to use. It's very, very quiet. Okay. And I, I, I'm still curious. I had asked you about um, that fruit stand that you mentioned. Oh yeah. So I mean, by me, by me, it's um, like there are little local fruit stands and um, usually they're the best produce and usually it's the cheapest. So I, I try to go there. So I went there, you know, like I'll use it as an excuse to go out and go there and get whatever I need and, and come back. Um, so yeah, you know, they're, everybody's just trying to do what they can. Yeah. And it, it's certainly strange, uh, for me, like a, a big like thing that my friends and I do for fun. is like, we go to Disneyland. We, we have like, nope. an, we have like annual passes. So we usually go all the time. So when we got word that the park was closing, it was definitely like a shocker because in the history of like Disneyland being open, it had only closed like three times prior. So from like 1955 to now it's only closed like three times. And, um, yeah. and it's never been closed. Like as long as it, it has been now. So it, it's like definitely like a really strange thing. And I, I, I definitely don't hang out or I haven't seen as, as many people obviously, cause we're all supposed to be, you know, self quarantining or self quarantine. And it, it, it's something strange. Cause I, I, I'm like, damn, I actually miss my friends because I, I was so used to seeing them so often. I kind of took that for granted. So, but now that like, I haven't seen them in like, what feels like an eternity, but it's only been like a couple weeks. It, it's something like a weird feeling. Yeah. And it's one of those things where no matter what the situation is, you know, Things like um, FaceTiming and house party, it, it's, it's not going to suffice, you know, that real human interaction. You know, things, this is definitely one of those situations where we're now going to, you know, once we're out of this, we're going to examine how we interact with others and, you know, really scrutinize the things that we do. And I, I, I definitely think society, society will change for sure. Yeah, I, I saw some quote. I, I can't remember the quote because like I was just scrolling through like Instagram, but it was talking about um, uh, like people are waiting for us to get back to normal, but like that normal that we remember from the past isn't going to be there anymore because yeah, this thing has had such an impact that when it finally does clear up, we're definitely going to have like a whole new like perspective on things. A friend of mine said something where that I thought was really it, it gave me pause. Uh, you know, we might be the last generation that, you know, shakes hands. Probably not, but theoretically we could be, you know, or or gets in close contact because we're going to be living post a world where human interaction like that could theoretically be lethal. So, listen, who knows? Everything, you know, if, if there was ever a time summed up by uh, endless noise, endless pain, you know, concrete nightmare things are the fucking same as right now <laughs> yeah it, it's, it's pretty pretty weird to think about because i i literally um i was uh at this office yesterday and there was like a guy that i just met and like our first like um uh thing like we like you know, said hi from afar but like we didn't even because you know like the play thing is to go shake somebody's hand when you first meet them but uh when i met him it's like th that wasn't even something that we even thought about it was just like hey nice to meet you but it was just like to me i was like because uh, i obviously know the situation uh, but it was just strange because I'm, I'm always like you know i always try to be as polite as i can be but um the fact that now it's like kind of like it's not nice to go and try to get in somebody's personal space right now because of what's going on 
yeah, I went and I got my parents' groceries and, and I brought it all in. They wanted to uh, help me or give me a hug. I'm like, not, nah, not happening. Yeah, it's like, sorry, I, I don't like. Yeah, because like my biggest fear is uh, like me being, and I, I I talked about this like beforehand, but being like asymptomatic um, and like having it and not knowing. That's like my biggest fear. Yeah, the not knowing is definitely the biggest you know hurdle. Yeah, because I, I seriously think about it and like I haven't been sick, like actually sick and like seriously, I can't remember. Like I want to say at least five years, like it's been like a really long time. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's the fact that it affects everybody differently and that there's asymptomatic carriers. It's 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 a scary thing. Yeah, I, I think back to my freshman year of high school me and my buddies, we had this, like, I don't know who had it. I, maybe we all did collectively, but we had this idea how cool it would be if we all got sick at the same time. So we could all just play video games together. Um, so, sure. so for like a week straight, we were like literally sharing drinks. Um, like, you know, when we didn't have to, we were like coughing in each other's faces, but like we weren't sick and coughing in each other's faces. We were just coughing in each other's faces, just trying to, you know, spread our germs to each other to hopefully get sick. And it definitely didn't work. Like nobody got sick, and we're just like, all right, this is kind of gross. We just need to stop. Um, yeah, it it doesn't sound like a fun time. I wouldn't recommend that. Yeah, no. Well, definitely not now, because like if we did that now, we'd probably end up like killing somebody, like unintentionally. But um, yeah, I, I I sometimes I'm I'm curious about my my immune system because yeah, like the last time I got sick, it was um, what year was it? It had to been like yeah, like it had to been 2012 or 2013, and like I got like food poisoning. It wasn't like the flu or anything. Um, so yeah, yeah. So I'm now, yeah. So now I'm just kind of like curious. Like, am I just gonna get it all at once? Has it been such a long time or what? I guess it's like this weird terror. I'm just like scaring myself. Yeah. Well, hopefully not. Yeah. Seriously, I'm I'm trying to you know stay as healthy as possible and just stay clean and not really like you know deal with people and, and it sucks too because like my like and i've talked about this but like i don't talk about it too much but like my job like I'm, I'm still out there like being around people so like i'm not like working from home i'm actually still going to work monday through friday and i'm just like man if i if i get it it's gonna be because of me being at work Cause, like when i'm not at work obviously like i don't do anything now because it's like the only time i ever left the house is to go to shows or to go to disneyland and none of those things are yeah. happening right now just just be careful I'm trying, but thank you. Okay, I'm um, going back to the band, you guys. Sure. Um, and it, it, I, I feel like it, is this like a, a a trend that you guys um plan on uh, like you know promo before the actual album release? So yeah, uh, it's you know we did it before the master is calling, and then we did it before endless noise, and it's just one of those things where, you know, we want to make sure people remember we exist, and you know show people what we've been working on and also have a little fun. I mean, with the promo before the master's calling, we did a few covers, which I was, I was really excited about. And then with this promo, you know, it was, um, you know, just, we wanted to show people what we were working on. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, no covers this time around. You guys just wanted to have, uh, yeah, no covers this time around. Uh, I'm a big advocate for covers, but uh, I'm, I feel like I'm the only one. I love doing covers. Yeah, I, I think covers are, are, are fun. I, I always like to see uh, you know bands cover other bands because it's always interesting to me when um, or I, I kind of get to see like what 
music they like. Yeah. So how long were you guys actually sitting on the songs from Endless Noise? Because there was like a pretty, like, I guess, like a decent gap from when the promo came out to when the record actually released. Yeah. Um, I would say that we were, you know, some songs were very much... The two songs on the promo, Clench Fist of Human Greed and Promised Land, were songs that we were playing live in our set for a while before the record came out. And then, you know, that we had for a while. Um, we had pretty much the framework of all of the other songs, but it was just putting it all together. Um, you know, and it was one of those things, too, where, you know, everybody had alternate, alternating schedules. So, you know, we all have different endeavors outside of the fight. So to be able to come in and just put it all together, at times it was a little bit tedious, but, um, you know, we did what we could and we put out a record that I'm very proud of and we're all very proud of. And yeah. And what is that writing process like for you guys? Do you guys all just like get together and sit in a room or is, um, are you guys like doing it on your own and then bringing the ideas together? So one of the things I, I really enjoy about this band and that I'm proudest of is that everybody has a hand in everything else in so much that there are songs that Quinn and Dylan just brought to the band and, and we worked out that way. There are songs that I brought, I brought to the band that I wrote on my own and we worked that way with lyrics, you know, Dylan's wrote songs, uh, lyrics to songs. Quinn has wrote lyrics to songs. Scanlon has wrote lyrics to songs. Uh, not D, at least not yet, but you know, everybody's working together as one cohesive unit. We're all coming from different perspectives, which I think is, um, definitely something beneficial and what really drives our sound. I definitely appreciate hearing that. It's nice to know that everybody has a hand in like the creative process and you guys are open to everybody else's ideas. I, I think that's such an awesome way to do it instead of, you know, like, no, like I'm just a singer, like go write your guitar parts. Like I'm writing the lyrics, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You gotta have that open-mindedness and collaboration. And I think my favorite song off the record right now is, uh, one in the mirror. Okay. I, I remember when the record came out, I, I, I was I'm listening uh, to it like a couple times and that one just stuck out to me. And I, I, I just like, even to this day, I, I, I still like think that's like my favorite song. Can you just talk about that one? Sure. Sure. I mean that, that song is definitely one of my favorites to play. I think it, I think it hits really hard um, sonically and you know, I, I, it's one of those songs where the lyrics kind of speak for themselves. They're very straightforward. And um, yeah, I, I think I'll leave it at that with that one. I, it's it's a favorite song of mine to play, but it definitely, you know, it was something that felt a lot different than some of the other songs that we wrote. Okay. But I'm happy that people are receiving it well. Yeah. I like that song. And I, I'm, I'm happy to hear that you like playing it because that means I can see it live again at some point. Yeah. And you guys put out the record through Triple B. Can you talk about your guys' relationship with that record label? Sure, absolutely. Um, you know, Sam and Triple B, we're, you know, we're very fortunate that he helped us put out this record. Um, you know, Sam and Scanlon are friends, and that's kind of where that relationship started. And, you know, Triple B has been nothing but good to us. So we really appreciate them, and we really appreciate Sam. You know, it's the cream of the crop. I mean, you know, no matter what kind of subgenre or variation on hardcore you like, there's going to be something for you on that record label. 
And that's very true. I, I think that's one thing that I, I really appreciate about that record label is that they have so many different sounds when it comes to different styles of like hardcore bands that aren't even hardcore that are just on that label. They definitely have a really good mix. So that's something that I can always appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It's definitely something where, you know, if, if you can't find something on that record label that you like and that you really ride for, then it's just, you're trying actively not to. That's just my two cents on that one. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree. Because if you're into the, like, you know, the, the music that we listen to, it's undeniable. Like, there, there has to be at least one, and that's like, you know, the very least. Because like, they, like the roster is just super solid. Absolutely, I agree. Okay, one thing I, I always wondered is, um, you guys uh, have a relationship with a band from out here, Dead Heat. And I, I was always curious, like, how did you guys um, build that relationship with these guys all the way out in California? Sure, sure. So, I mean, um, I remember, I'm trying to think who it was exactly. It was one Black and Blue Bowl. Uh, that's the festival in, in New York with all the New York hardcore bands. Uh, Lumpy from Sanction uh, introduced me to his friends who ended up being, um, who was there that first day? It was Jay Nutt, the guitarist of Dead Heat. Um, Theo, who plays bass in Hands of God. Um, Nico, who used to be in, I think, Vamakara. I'm not too sure. And um, was there anyone else? Uh, this guy, Steve, who used to live, I think, in the Bay Area. And then um, moved to Washington or something. I'm not too sure. Hope he's doing well. Uh, but, you know, we met and we hung out that day and you know from there at that point Jay Nutt was in this band um I think it was yeah I think he was in Run Amok at that point I could be wrong on all of this but when I was in Jukai um Steve our drummer was talking with Jay Nutt and said you know you got to check out this new band that he's doing it's it's different than you know the stuff that he was doing before but check it out and uh it was some of the first Dead Heat tracks and it was just amazing from the get-go and um you know we were able to form relationships with people out there and then subsequently i got to meet more and more people um you know uh jaffe from hands of god uh you know uh vamakara when jukai did the uh few dates out there unfortunately i wasn't able to be a part of that but i mean vamakara helped us out when we played um for the children you know they they let us use some of their gear like that, like amp heads and shit. And, um, you know, we definitely forged that relationship then. And then once dead heat, you know, really came into their own and started fucking killing it. I mean, pretty much early on, it was just a natural fit. Oh yeah. I, I definitely like to see that because it, it's so cool that two different bands from, you know, opposite ends of the country have that awesome relationship. And, I was kind of bummed that the you guys had like a little run planned with Dead Heat, and it fell through because of the whole situation. So that's something. Yeah. But it was cool to see that you guys still had that relationship and that they're going to go out there and do that run with you guys because uh, you guys had some pretty awesome dates lined up. Absolutely, and I think with Dead Heat too, and you know, I don't want to speak for them. You can ask them, but from what I understand, they really love playing Long Island, and I, I you know. We always try to, you know, 
do what we can to make sure that they have a sick show out there. They they fucking kill. They really do. Yeah, you know, I, that's like one place I, I want to experience a show at is on Long Island. So Yeah, I definitely think that they're, you know, what we try to do is just, you know, especially for bands that maybe are coming from far away, is just try to put on a solid show for them and do what we can. And um, whether it be, you know, always have strong locals and strong openers and really try to do what we can. And that's really speaks to the community on Long Island, the hardcore community. And a lot of people participate in it, you know. Uh, you know, I didn't mention them before, but the, you know, Hangman, not only are they killing it everywhere, but I'm very happy to call them friends and they really put on for Long Island and they make sure that, you know, that when someone's out there from California or Europe or wherever that, you know, they're going to get a sick show on Long Island. They're going to get treated as well as they can amongst other people. But yeah, it's really speaks to that community that we were talking about before. Do you know a, a guy from Long Island? His name is Steve Huey. Yeah, I, I know Steve. Um, you know, we've been, we've definitely crossed paths at shows together for a long time. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, it was, I can't remember what tour it was. It was a uh, backtrack. Backtrack was on tour and Hangman was with them. And I remember I had posted the, the flyer for the uh, Orange County date and Steve and I are friends. And he, he hit me um, uh, you know, through text and was like, hey, you got to show up early and you got to watch Hangman. They're a band from my area. Super sick. And I'm like, all right. And I was like, if you're going to go out of your way to text me to tell me to watch this band, I was like, I'll go and check them out. And sure enough, I went, saw them for the first time and I was blown away i was like this man's fucking sick i was like because normally it's, it's like a band like a, like at the time they're like newer I, I think it was like one of their first times to california um but to see them get the reaction that they did and the music sounding so good early on i was like really surprised and i was thankful that he reached out and was like hey go check out this band because i feel like that could have been one of the situations where i look back and be like fuck i actually should have shown up early and saw them when you know they were like out here for the first time so I'm, I'm really happy and it's cool you know it's that camaraderie long island dude reaching out telling me to see a band in california from his area i, I think that was really cool yeah hangman's fucking sick yeah yeah definitely can't wait for them to i actually i was gonna say i can't wait for them to come back out here but i just can't wait to go to another show because yeah at this point i'm in the, i'm in the same boat as you yeah it, it's so strange because like we're all in the same boat like literally nobody's gone to a show we're all just here waiting for it whenever like whenever that will happen and it sucks too because like the whole scene has been affected we're seeing obviously you guys are supposed to be on uh or wait were you guys on, on united blood off the top of my head no, no no we weren't this year we were uh two years ago but yeah no i mean everybody's plans are are, are getting affected in one way shape or form and it's it's really unfortunate yeah. you know united blood is a is a great festival and for them to you know have to you know postpone things i can imagine can only imagine how tough it is and how difficult it is but you know i have strong faith in them they're they're great people they were very good to us but you know all over now it's uh you know a situation where you know, there's a lot of uncertainty a lot of things hanging in the balance and you, you guys had to reschedule your record release show which is kind yeah, of yeah so we had to re reschedule our record release show it's on june 20th that's a Saturday, I think. Yeah, it's a Saturday. I don't have a fucking calendar in front of me. Um, 
we have to push it back a little bit and hopefully it can, you know, go through as we have it rescheduled and planned. And we have a little run around that with dead heat and restraining order and nosebleed. Um, I'm sorry, nosebleed. And res- yeah. Yeah. That show is dead heat, restraining order, nosebleed, stigmatism, rule them all. Um, you know, that's it. I think on that show, but yeah, you know, they were fortunate. We were fortunate enough to have them say, yeah, reschedule it. We'll, we'll come through. And, um, yeah, yeah. Just crossing fingers. Yeah. I, I feel like we're all kind of like on a clock. Like I, we've seen so many fests have to postpone and like for me, my local fest is sound and fury and they just had their first announcement a couple of weeks ago. Tickets went on sale and we're all just kind of like, when is this going to blow over? Cause it, it, you know, they're like, all right, quarantine, social distancing until April 30th. And people are hoping to have things back to normal at least by June. But that might not even be a thing. It could be even longer. So we're all kind of just like waiting, like, damn, is our fest going to have to postpone or maybe even cancel? Because I've, I've talked about this before. It, it, everybody's postponing. But at some point, we're going to have to you know get back on the horse and people are going to have to start playing shows. Are people just going to just outright cancel and not actually you know redo these fests because like it's so hard to get everybody on the same page especially like schedule wise because you, you gotta think about everybody's gonna be trying to get back out there and playing shows and it's just like i don't know if everybody's schedules are gonna line up still so i'm just like really yeah. curious to see how this whole thing is gonna pan out and then on top of that too when we take a step back and look at the bigger picture we realize that a lot of these bands who relied on the band as their primary source of income or at the very least a strong secondary source of income they're now out and it's really unfortunate and i think you know what efforts are being made to try to you know help whoever whether it be people in bands or people in service industry or anything to try to help each other out it really you know speaks to all of us having to work together you know put aside differences that we may or may not have and work together for the betterment of not just hardcore but just life in general yeah, I, I know so many people who are affected by this, like literally like losing jobs or uh, being put on furlough, which is like a newer term to me. Like I, I didn't even like realize that was a thing until like my buddy Garrett mentioned that one of like his higher ups in his company is going on like furlough. And once he said that word to me, like I just started seeing it everywhere. It's like one of those things where like you don't really notice it until like it gets brought to your attention that one time and then you just start seeing it everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So it's something strange thing. And yeah, I'm hoping like we all get to the point where we all can just recover and not have to be, uh, you know, unemployed and not have to be quarantined and just try to get back to um, wherever we can. Like, I I don't want to say normal because I don't even know what normal is anymore. Yeah, that's true. Okay. That's that's wild. But um, have you always lived in New York? That's one thing I was curious about. Yes, yes. I've never not lived in New York. And, uh, you know, I'm very proud to say that. I've lived in different parts of New York, Mm -hmm. but all downstate, you know, never not in New York. Where is your favorite place to live? Long Island. I mean, mean, that's the truth of it. Um, Okay. Trying to think, you know. um, So I've... When I was very, very young, I lived in Brooklyn for a few years. I don't remember too much of that. And then I moved to a different part of Queens that I'm in now. And then at around age 
12 or 13, I moved out to Long Island. And that's kind of when everything started clicking for me personally in terms of interests and hobbies and most notably hardcore and punk and music and going to shows. So I'll always definitely hold Long Island, you know, special place in my heart. And, you know, when I do have the means to hopefully eventually buy a house, you know, I'll def- it'll definitely be on Long Island somewhere. Oh, yeah. That's really awesome to hear. I have like this weird like skewed like views of like New York because I, I was like obsessed with uh, this YouTuber. His name's uh, Casey Neistat. Have you ever heard of him? No, I can't say I have. Okay, so he was just like a like a yeah. He used to be like a daily vlogger, um, and I was down like this weird rabbit hole where like I just was like, all right, I'm gonna watch every vlog he's like ever done. So he had this playlist. It was like 400 videos, and like uh, the videos range from like maybe like eight to like 12 minutes long, so not a crazy amount of time. And I just like binged watched like one through like 400 whatever it was i think like 422 and it was just him he like lived in new york i don't know what part of new york he lived in but um, it was just him just going through like the streets of new york and like showing like work at his office and then he would like leave on the weekends to go up to i think connecticut where he had like a um, like an actual house he like had an apartment in the city where um you know he was with his wife and his daughter and then on the weekends they would go to the this actual house that they owned and it was just mm-hmm. like it was yeah it was it was really strange to see like his life like because it was literally it was like a daily vlog so like day in day out so like my like vision of New York is like what he would do so I'm just like man I, I gotta get back out there and like I mean that's definitely not something that's uncommon mm-hmm. I know I know of a lot of people who will live in you know live in New York wherever that may be for X amount of time and then on the weekends they'll go to pennsylvania or connecticut or the jersey shore things like that almost as kind of like a refuge um that's not something i'm interested in but that's not to say not to pass any judgment on people who are yeah no i i i definitely understand that like for me growing up out in like the palm springs area it was uh like that's all i knew for like the first like I think like 21 years of my life. So I was like, Oh, this is what life is like. And then I, I moved like two hours West to orange County. And it, it's not like a crazy city, but it's like way busier and there's way more things going on than where I grew up. And I'm just like, man, like low key. I'm like mad at my parents for raising me in Palm Springs. So I was, I was like, I, I feel like I missed out on so much fun, like not living out here in orange County, being around, you know, Disneyland every day and going to shows, uh, and like I don't ever see myself like leaving Orange County. Like I, I've like had like roommates like like seriously like some of my best friends like wanted to, like I, that I moved out there with wanted to like go back home and I was like nope I'll see you later like I I just feel like it, like I belong here so it's it's somewhere like I, I just never want to leave. Yeah, I mean, was it a situation? I don't know anything about Palm Springs. Was it more rural? Uh, not like don't no, not rural. Not in the part that I lived in. It was just like a normal town. Uh, was know. it just more did everything have more space yeah I, I growing up there wasn't like as much development out here uh where like like since since I, I like moved away like so many they got so many more uh i guess like you know stores and like restaurants and stuff so it, it was like way different when i moved away versus how it is now yeah no it just it so long island without getting too much into a geography lesson, and I'm sure you've heard some of these phrases, 
there's two counties that make up Long Island. There's Nassau uh-huh. and there's Suffolk County. Okay. Nassau County is, you know, where I was born and raised. Um, and it's very much more what I imagine what you're saying or Orange County is strip malls and everything close together and, you know, your standard suburban. Where Suffolk County is partially like that too, but there are also more, there's more space between things, you know. It's more spread out. It's, it has parts that are more rural. It has farmland. It has wineries. And then at the very end, you have places like your Montauk or your Hamptons or whatever. So, you know, it, that's just what it reminded me of. And in Nassau, is the Coliseum, is that where, where it's at? Yeah, so that's, yeah, Nassau Coliseum. Okay. I, I'm, I'm only familiar with that because there was a UFC event there. Yeah, they've had the UFC there. They've had... Uh, Islanders there, you know, hopefully I'll get a chance to go see Judas Priest there this fall, but who, who fucking knows with everything going on? Yeah. You, you know, what's crazy is, uh, I ha- had like tickets to Coachella Fest and that's like, it was supposed to start next weekend and obviously it got rescheduled to October. I, I guess the golden boys who was throwing it, uh, they're like really confident that they're going to be able to get the same exact lineup, which is just so insane to me. Cause I, I like look at, like all like the bigger acts on it. I'm like, how can you convince these people to carve out another two weeks out of their like busy schedule? Cause I, I have to imagine they have like their whole year planned out. So for them to be able to just scrap the, you know, the two weekends that they had planned for so long, just to do it again, like later on in the year, it's just so insane to me. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, okay, uh, something like golden voice, that's what they're experiencing. Imagine what, your local hardcore promoters experiencing and then it really puts things into perspective. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I seriously have so much respect for people who put on shows because there's so much work that goes into it. And I, I feel like sometimes it's just so thankless because people go to the shows, but I don't, I don't, it's not like a thing to go, you know, say hi and thank the promoter. People just want to go there and, you know, mosh and let out whatever. And I'm just like, man, huge respect to those people who are willing to go through that just to get the show together. Cause it's just, it's seriously so much work. Absolutely. But it was crazy. I, I, I tried to book a show uh, like a long time. I only did it like once and it, it didn't even happen. It failed through like the, the venue pulled like last minute. And I, I was so embarrassed. I had to call the, this band they're on tour. I, I had to tell them and it was just so I felt so stupid, like having to cancel yeah, uh, when I was very, very young, I tried booking a touring act and um, had a very similar experience to you, but uh, I it sounded like yours was a little bit pleasant. Mine was a little bit less pleasant, but uh, yeah, no, promoting sucks. <laughs> yeah, I always, I always shout out this uh, friend of mine who's like uh, from the Palm Springs area, like when I was younger, he was the the main guy like booking shows um for the short time that we had like legit shows coming through here and it was at the point where he was literally paying bands out of his own pocket just so uh you know bands could get paid and, and you know continue the tours but to also make them want to come back and you know tell other people like hey you know play this random city on the way to LA and it was cool you guys should stop and play there and i, I definitely owe him a lot of things for like my younger years cuz he booked a lot of 
cool bands that I was really surprised to see play our area at that time. Yeah, yeah. Like you said before, the promoter is a thankless job. And, um, you know, East Coast Collective, who does most of the promoting out here, you know, really kind of, you know, I mean, not kind of, they carry the scene. So we're very fortunate to have them. And, uh, you know, Scanlon does promoting, our bassist. Uh, Joey from Typecast does some promoting, and it's really good, too. You know, Mike Smith, who plays guitar on Hangman, does some promoting, too, amongst a few other people. Uh, sorry, I forget off the top of my head who does it, but it is a thankless job. But, you know, not to keep going back, but really speaks to that community. And outside of Long Island, uh, are there shows that happen, like, in the city? Because I'm not really familiar with what goes on. So, yeah, I mean... There's definitely shows that happen in, in Brooklyn and to a certain part in Queens. I remember growing up, I would go to a lot of hardcore shows in Manhattan at different places, mostly like bigger hardcore shows. But now that's kind of slowed down a lot. Um, you know, it definitely, I would say probably Brooklyn and Queens areas. But that's not to say that there aren't shows in like the Bronx or Staten Island. It's just... If there's shows to happen in the city, they're most most likely at, in Brooklyn. For me, when I was younger, going to shows, I, I feel like they would like the majority of the time happen at like the most random spots. Versus like now, I feel like I'm going to either like the one DIY spot, which isn't like that random because it's a skate shop, or like actual venues. Like I, I can't remember the last time I went to like a restaurant or like a storage unit for a show. Yeah, I'm trying to. It's it's been a it's been a long time for me too. Um, but yeah, no, I, I also love those shows. I love house shows. I love shows in places that there maybe shouldn't be shows. Yeah. I, I remember my buddies played in this living room and I was like, why are they having the show inside their house? These people are insane. I was like, they must not know about like moshing or maybe they just don't care. And it was like in the living room, but in that house, the, the living room was like also the, in the same space as the, the kitchen. So th- mm-hmm. there was, there was like an Island and I was like, there's no way I'm not going to stage dive off of that Island onto the, like the crowd people in this living room. Cause this is probably never going to happen again. And I, I was just like, this is, this is so weird because for me, that's something that I would never like want to do, like have a house show inside my house is insane. Yeah. A lot of great, legendary Long Island shows have happened in kitchens in living rooms in backyards and basements. So historically, thank you to all those people who put their stove and oven at risk. Yeah. So I could go see bands. <laughs> I want to experience a basement show. That sounds so cool to me. Just going to somebody's because like I'm out here. It's not common to have a basement. Okay. So, so uh, that's something that I've never experienced. Like going to a basement show that just, just sounds so cool to me. Yeah, it's cool. Um, really depends on the basement and depends on the band. So I, I just picture just being like, a, like a really tiny space, but then like, is there like, is there only like one way in one way out or are there like multiple yeah. doors? Oh, totally, totally completely unsafe. Okay. But yeah, no. And it depends, you know, I've been to basement shows where it's like a finished basement, like with carpet and like kind of like what I'm in now. Okay. And I've been to basement shows where it's just been unfinished. And, you know, maybe there's like leaking pipes or things like that. But basement shows are, are, are very cool. Interesting. Okay. And I'm also curious. Yeah. Cause I, I totally forgot you're actually in a basement while we're doing this right now. Yeah. Yeah. And is it like- underground? Underground. Okay. I'm, I'm surprised. I'm just, I, I 
I don't know what the level is, but yeah. How's the wi- nice futon here? How's the Wi-Fi down there? You get pretty good signal. It's fine, strong signal. Okay, because there's some like uh, like spots out here, and it's so strange to me because it's like 2020. I didn't think there would still be places where like it would be still like dead zones, but like there's like an outdoor shopping mall that my friends and I frequent because of like the movie theater that's there. But when when I'm there, like my cell phone, I literally get no reception, and it's like the strangest thing to me. Yeah, no, there's definitely dead zones on Long Island too. Um, there's one particular parkway where, you know, if, if like a new song loads up on Spotify or whatever I'm listening to, mm-hmm. it'll pause for a second. Um, it's very specific part of the parkway. It, it's weird. Yeah, I, I feel like at this point, like that shouldn't even be happening still. But I, I guess not everywhere like has those towers. Yeah, yeah. But I'm so curious too about I got I saw some like weird like clickbaity thing about um, uh, some guy was saying that uh, 5G is the cause of the coronavirus and I, I was just dying because it's just such a ridiculous headline. I was like I, I don't even want to click this and actually see what this guy has to say. I was like I'm gonna just keep scrolling. Yeah, you know, people doing what they can to get their views, which is it, it's sad to me that that people like. Uh, live for that kind of stuff and like I get it um, but like I, I just think it's having like people that they just want to be popular so bad they're like I, I gotta you know post my uh, you know 27th selfie in a row and you know try to get all these likes that literally mean nothing it's just strange to me yeah validation yeah. I'm guilty of that too I take pictures with dogs like dogs okay I honestly, I I feel like the my traffic on my Instagram, like me posting his like slow down like so much because I, I I used to just like love and like want to you know put you know content and I'm saying that with air quotes um, out there, but I, I just got to the point where like I don't even care anymore. I'm just gonna like just, I'll update like whenever I actually feel like it, but it's not like a a mission of mine anymore. Like going out and trying to get like the coolest picture. Yeah, when you start fabricating your lived experience for Instagram or Facebook or whatever, then that's when uh, you know definitely a problem there. Yeah, like I, I like a hundred percent like, and I don't even have like like all my pictures like on Instagram anymore. Like a, a lot of them are archived, um, but like all I think all the pictures that I have up now, like it's just me in Disneyland with friends. Yeah, yeah, okay, so. It's just because that's like where I spend most of my time. And like w- when I'm at shows, like I'm not trying to like take pictures at shows because uh, there's like actual photographers there doing great work. So I'm just like, I'll let them do that. Sometimes I'll get like, you know, video footage on my cell phone. But yeah, it's just one of those things, especially with shows. I, I try my best, you know, I have exceptions too, but I try my best to not, you know, hardcore is about the experience in front of you. So I try my best to not put another screen in front to obscure the actual experience because nothing's going to beat, you know, singing along, stage diving, moshing, whatever, you know, one person chooses to do. There's no video that's ever going to be able to recreate that. No, definitely not. Like I, I, I rewatched so many sets on like YouTube, shout out, you know, one nine seven media, hate five, six. I've seen so many awesome sets live that i was there for but i never the same energy yeah yeah absolutely right yeah 
and it, it, it's rare too because like there's uh this night that that my friends and i talk about sometimes uh fury they had a record release for paramount and there was um was it paramount i'm trying to think off the top of my head yeah it was paramount and there was just like just by chance there was like no video footage of the show mm, okay and so we all just have to just relive that show through like our memories and like it's always strange because we all love that record so much and the fact that there's literally no record of the show happening besides like the show flyer and us uh, and our memories it's kind of cool yeah it's always cool to be able to you know share stories of of things like that yeah what's the i'm trying to word this correctly uh to this day like what's your favorite show that you've ever been to oh that's easy uh i'm a big are you familiar with the band cox bar yes all right so their first reunion not reunion but their first show in the united states and it was quite a few years um was in philadelphia uh who else played i think it was wisdom and chains and chromax and maybe Nightbirds. i could be mixing up the lineup but uh seeing them for the first time was definitely one of those you know, big moments for me. I, I'm a humongous Cox Bar fan. And so to be able to to do that and go there for that was very big for me. Um, especially since other bands that I was very big fans of, I would see them live and they would be, you know, not disappointing, but not what I expected that they would be. So to have Cox Bar sound, you know, ex- not exactly like they were on record, but just as strong as they were that was that was big absolutely hell yeah i i i love that feeling where like it's like the middle of the day and you know that at some point you're going to be on your way to this show that you've been looking forward to to see this band that you've been dying to see yeah absolutely and i've been very fortunate to have that with a few different bands you know i had a very similar feeling the first time i saw motorhead okay uh iron maiden um, so the band that I was talking about that, like I saw them and I was really kind of upset because they weren't really, you know, as what I thought they would be was, um, I got a chance to see bad brains and bad brains are one of my favorite bands. One of the first bands that really got me into hardcore and, you know, bad brains in, in the two thousands, it's a very hit or miss prospect. So that really kind of upset me when I saw them and they were not, you know, what I thought they would be, but that kind of comes with the territory, especially as people get older and bands get older. Do you wish you could take that back and have never seen them? No, no, they were still good. They had certain songs that they played better than others. Um, you know, it's not something I would take back. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I saw the bad brains once and it was, um, in 2007, it was at this um, music festival in San Diego. It was like the weirdest thing ever. Um, my, I think my buddy had just like graduated high school, so it was like a graduation gift or something. He was like a huge fan of Muse, so that was like the main reason we were going to the fest, so he could see Muse. And he was like literally like he went to the main stage, was at the the waiting at like the guard railing all day just to be up front for Muse. And I was like, all right, and I was like, well, have fun doing that but we're like at a music fest. So I'm going to kind of go see like other bands. I was like, I'll try to find you later. So while he was there all day waiting, like I was able to go see uh, T pain. Um, he performed there. Uh, and this is okay. like, like I, I literally went from T pain to seeing 
bad brains to seeing Panic at the Disco. And that, um, that's that's quite a one two three punch right there. That's that's some weird shit. Yeah, but hey, sick. Yeah, it was it was, it was such a weird day, and uh, I, I I still like look back and think I was like, man, this is like just those three acts and like you know in a row in San Diego and like, yeah, it was like 2007. It was, it was like cool, but also strange at the same time. Cause like, I, I, I've never seen T-Pain after that. Never saw bad brains after that. And I don't think I've, yeah. And I've never seen panic at the disco since then. Like never saw them again. So the fest that I saw bad brains at was, is this fest called Afropunk fest. Okay. Uh, in Brooklyn. And it was a, a kind of not a dissimilar experience where it was, uh, my friend was in this band Cypher at the time. I'm, I don't know if you've heard of them. They're like a Long Island, you know, they're a pretty legendary Long Island. Uh, I would call them metalcore band. They're I, one of my favorites from Long Island. Absolutely. Right into God forbid. Oh, okay. And then right. I think maybe a few other bands and then bad brains, but I wasn't watching any of the other bands in between. I think maybe like, um, shit that bland, that band, uh, that group Flatbush zombies, I think they're called. I don't, okay. I don't know. I'm but yeah, it was like those, and it was definitely a weird experience. Uh, my friend has a uh, great photo. My two friends with HR. That's uh, it's pretty <laughs> pretty fucking funny if I could say so. Damn, I, I'm really curious to see that. Is that posted on like Instagram anywhere or Twitter? Uh, I have I have no idea. It's just uh, you know, every everybody in that photo, you know. HR is HR, and then you know, with my friends and I, drinks were had, so everybody's on their own planet at one time in one photo. So, okay, um, yeah, funny okay. shit. Last thing I, I, I want to bring up, um, sure. and I, I think I might have mentioned this to you um, a while back. I had bought that uh, shirt that uh, the fight has with uh, it was, it's like Donald Trump and like uh, you know it had the KKK members on it. Do you know what I'm talking about? And it says like "fuck the alt right." Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So and it, it says um, "fuck the alt right" kind of small. Um, you know, at, at the bottom of the artwork, and I've I've worn that shirt out a couple times, and just with like the imagery, uh, people th- like you know thought that I was like a like a Trump supporter or I was into the KKK. And I always had to explain. I'm like, no, like you, you got to look at like you know the the text here at the bottom. And then people are always like, oh, okay. And like kind of like really just like turned off by it. Like once they find out like what it like was like really like about. And I I, I always like trip out. And like I'm I'm like a little more cautious. Like because I always had to point out that like you know little um text to them at the bottom. And I I, I, I was like, but for me like I, I thought it was awesome that you guys made that shirt because I, I I loved it and that's why like I, I ordered it online and I uh, still wear it. I to appreciate this day. that. Yeah. It's definitely, um, you know, it was one of the first shirts, so it was kind of like a, you know, trial and error in terms of, you know, imagery and sizing and things like that. Uh, but I'm very happy we made that shirt. Definitely one of my early favorites for sure. Yeah, and I, I love the the design that um, you guys have with the the spike baseball bat. Yeah. So I don't know. Did you take a look at the back of the record? Uh, no, I, I honestly, I have not. So, you know, the spike baseball bat is, is something that, uh, it may or may not be real. <laughs> there may or may not be a real one. Can either confirm or deny it, but, uh, very proud of that too. Can we uh, get more shirts with that design on it, please? 
Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'll put the I'll put the word in. Okay, that's my that's my one request because I just love that. It's a good design, yeah. Okay, well, I, I want to thank you, Kyle, for coming on the podcast and doing this with me. I I definitely appreciate that because I've been a fan of the fight and I appreciate what you guys do. And I was really happy that I was able to catch you guys live at FYA. And I hope I can see you guys again in the future. I appreciate you saying that. Thank you for having me. And before we sign off, is there anything you want to shout out or plug? Um, Endless Noise is at um, the Triple B web store. Pick it up if you want. Uh, I fucking love Rule Them All. Uh, shout out to you know all of our friends and all of our family and Long Island Hardcore. And um, everybody stay safe. And uh, yeah, just Take some time to do some introspection and do what you love and be safe. Yeah. All right. Well, there you guys have it. This has been another episode of the Dreamer K podcast. Always on top.